Hey, welcome to Braves Country. On this episode of Braves Country, we'll speak with legendary Southern rock band, singer and guitar player from Blackberry Smoke, Charlie Starr. He'll tell you about his favorite Braves player of all time and a unique story about that player, something that happened to him when he was a kid at a game at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. He'll talk about being on tour with Eric Church, what he's listening to now, his favorite guitars, his favorite college football team, and the best places he's ever eaten across the Southeast, which is otherwise known as Braves country. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. All right, welcome back to Braves Country. Tug Coward along with Scott Munn. We talk about Southern lifestyle. We talk about the food, talk about the music, and, of course, college football. And it all falls under the Braves envelope because everybody in the Southeast loves the Braves. They cover the biggest geographic area of any Major League Baseball team there is. You know what else covers a big geographic area? And that's Ronald Acuna home runs, man. 281 feet. Good Lord. Second uh, longest of this year. Yep. And, you know, another thing I wanted to say today, Tug, is a happy 20th anniversary yeah. to you and your lovely wife, Laura. Thank you. Congratulations on 20 years of marriage, I buddy. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Can't believe she's tolerated and put up with me for that long. <laughs> I mean, how do you do it? We single guys need to know. How do you do that? Marry your best friend. There you go. You know who else is uh, having their 20th anniversary right now? We, we did not plan this, I promise you. Blackberry Smoke is celebrating their 20th anniversary this year, and uh, and we coincidentally have a very special guest on today's show. Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke joining us here on Braves Country. What has been going on with you guys? I mean, I know you guys are getting ready to put out a, a new record. You hear Georgia, which I love, man, being born and raised in Georgia. That's one of the things that I think I love most about y'all is just the fact that you embrace where you're from, and that's kind of what this whole podcast Braves Country is about. Loving the South, loving the people, loving the lifestyle, loving the food, the music, and y'all fall into yeah. so many of those categories. 20 years. I might as well write a song about Georgia. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and you guys have done that over the years too, man. The funny thing, I mean, you know, it's it was a real uh, spontaneous kind of a song. I was watching television one morning during lockdown. I was sipping some coffee and I saw a guy being interviewed and his accent was really, really thick. And it made me grin. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder if people around the world are hearing what he's saying or just how he says it. <laughs> right. And that's that's kind of the inspiration of that song. We had Levi Lowry on last week, and we talked about that, the southern accent, the Appalachian accent. Because I'm from northwest Georgia, and my accent kind of sounds more like Tennessee or, or North Carolina, maybe even some Kentucky. And, you know, you got guys that are from Macon, say, and they have more of a, a proper Georgia southern accent, I guess. Well, there's, you know, because they're different. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember when I was a little kid and would hear Jimmy Carter speak. Yes. Like, wow, he sounds different than my dad. You know, it's yeah. a weird uh, 
the little pockets of uh, changes in the accent. You know, I think we can hear those, Charlie, but when you travel around the world, don't most folks just say you sound like you're a Southerner and they have no idea the idiosyncrasies and the differences between a Texas accent or Alabama or, or Georgia? I think so. I remember stopping one time years ago. It was the first time we ever went up to Wisconsin and northern Michigan, and I went into a gas station with Britt, our drummer, and I put, we were standing up at the counter, like, prepaying for gas back then, and uh, there was a funny little cigarette lighter contraption, and I picked it up, and uh, I was like, I couldn't figure out how to make it work, and uh, I said, these need some directions with them, and I looked, the lady behind the counter looked at me, and her <laughs> eyes got big, and when we walked out, Britt goes, you know what she heard? And I said, what? And he said, she heard, these things need some direct. <laughs> <laughs> like you jumped out of hee-haw or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, yeah, you're exactly right. They just hear that you know, we're like, you know. A uh, bunch of yahoos. Right. Well, look, we know better than that, man. Well, there's something distinguished yeah. about it. It has more in tune with uh, a British accent or a Scottish accent than it does, you know, a California right. accent. That's right. And that's that's kind of where the, the idea of You Hear Georgia came from. So cool. It literally started with that idea, and then it just kind of, you know, it expanded into the whole. Because, you know, ever since we were little kids, Hollywood has done a good job of painting Southerners to be all toothless, inbred goofballs and uh and we're not. Hey, I wanted to let folks know, too, if you're a big Blackberry Smoke fan or if you've never listened to them before, get this record. You Hear George is what it's called. You can pre-order it now at BlackberrySmoke.com. And it'll be in stores on May 28th, won't it, Charlie? That's right, May 28th. There you go. Hey, where are you today, man? Are you traveling around playing music? I'm in Port Charlotte, Florida, with a day off in between Orlando and um, Key West. You know, throughout the last few months, we've been going out doing some limited capacity shows, and we did some drive-in shows, and all working toward a nice, normal, let's hope, summer. But it's been great. I mean, people that have been coming to the shows are just beside themselves that they're getting to get out of the house and go you know, experience some live music. Charlie Starr with Blackberry Smoke. I know you did a two-night stand in Birmingham, Alabama recently, and you're originally from Alabama. Was that sort of a homecoming for you? It was. Yeah, um, a little bit. I had some, some friends, you know, and, and family come, and it's close enough between Atlanta and where I'm from. So, you know, I always think of Birmingham as neutral territory as far as Alabama people because when I was a kid, uh, I'm an Auburn fan, you know, and some of my family are not. <laughs> they they that, like those other guys. You they, know what I'm talking about? Those would be referred to as wrong. <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, Birmingham was the neutral field where the Iron Bowl was played. Um, I don't know. I might have been a teenager the first time that they started to play either in Tuscaloosa or Auburn. Somebody told me that the reason why they played in Birmingham is because Bear Bryant said, I ain't playing that cow college. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Old Bear Bryant. I, I think as a Georgia fan, I know Scott and I are both Georgia fans, and, and Auburn and Georgia's the Deep South's oldest rivalry, which is so much fun. Right. That's what makes college football great. But we have a mutual enemy in that, that other team that you've been discussing. That's right. I have a friend in Jason Isbo, great singer-songwriter. Sure. He's from Alabama. And he's a big Crimson Tide fan, and oh, uh, I, I give him a hard time about that pretty much weekly. Yeah, well, look, maybe he'll get himself right with the Lord one day. I'm, I'm trying to get him there. I've, I've been witnessing to him, and yes, I'm going to see if it sticks. Charlie, we ran around a lot on the bus for many years, and I know every time it was uh, time for that Georgia-Auburn game, we had to have a little bet, and it was kind of like we couldn't really talk for a day or so. We just kind of had to watch the game and see what happened, and you got lucky all the time with those Auburn Tigers, man. What was the deal with that? I did. Well, we were on the road, you know, when that the prayer happened. The prayer, Jordan Hare. Yep. 
it was pretty unbelievable. And when I'm feeling down in the dump, Scott, I will watch that replay on YouTube. I will dig it up and be like, you know what, all is well. Not to mention the following week that yeah. year yeah. when that amazing short field goal That's return right. happened. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad our dogs can uh, give you a little joy. And give you a little lift. You know what, though? But <laughs> yeah. d- Seriously, though, we're talking to Charlie Starr from Black Bear Smoke. Seriously, though, I defend Auburn all the time, and I want to get your take on this as an Auburn fan because Auburn that year, that would have been uh, 2017, I believe, Auburn knocked off two number ones in Georgia the first week, Alabama the second week, and then they do lose to Georgia in the SEC championship, but there were two key players, a running back and a quarterback, that were injured during that SEC championship. And as a Georgia fan, I openly admit that. But then let's take it one step further and let's go to the Peach Bowl when they played UCF because I defend Auburn and will continue to defend Auburn about that game. They had knocked off two number ones and they felt like they deserved a game better than the Peach Bowl. Not that there's anything wrong with the Peach Bowl because it's part of the, you know, the national championship rotation. But yeah. That game, Auburn didn't want to be there, and UCF had nothing to lose. What's your take on that game? Well, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And it's sort of like uh, there are some times where it's not clicking, and and I'm going to I'm going to somehow seg this into having a bad show for mm-hmm. a band. Okay. Like, that never happens never with Blackberry Smoke, though, man. So how do you know about right. that? Right. Yeah. Well, these other bands that I've heard about right. that have bad shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with you. It, it's such a complicated, you know, the whole idea, and, and especially now with the playoff and everything, every year, you know, I, I'm, I'm there with the group of people who are like, the what the is going on people. That's me. I'm right there with them. But I don't know. You know, I'm just remaining hopeful and uh, – had some building seasons, and uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, Tug and Charlie, I'll tell you what. When I was at school over at Georgia, I took a little trip over to Jordan Hare, however you pronounce it, and I went to the ball game, and the dogs beat y'all, and we had to lay on the one-yard line to get it done. And then we kind of took to the field, and uh, your security folks turned the hoses on us. And so I think it might be a little bit of a karma thing going on there because I didn't really appreciate that, buddy. Oh, goodness. There could, there could be some of that. Oh, it's Jordan, by the way. Yeah, it's, Jordan. It's, whatever, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So he's, I think, Charlie, I think Scott's just being argumentative. <laughs> that's that's just my take. Go dogs. I, I think, you know, I'm going to rise above. That's what we Auburn See? Tigers do. I love that. Now, you know how we can all get along, though, and one of the points of the show is no matter what you think on your college football, we all get along when it comes to the Braves. I know you That's got right. a deep Braves love, and what have the Braves meant to you uh, coming up in the South, and, and are you a big Braves fan? I think you are, aren't you? I am. I'm a big Braves fan, and I, I got so many great memories of going to Fulton County Stadium when I was a kid, and um, I have one in particular that I know I've told you before, Scott, and it's actually not my memory. It's uh, a memory that I was that I'm borrowing from an old roommate of mine. But we were we were around the same age, and oh, we would go. Is this the Murphy story? It is the Murphy story. Is okay. it too early to tell the Murphy? No, story? man. Uh-uh. I, I love this story, Charlie. Tell Bray's country all about it. So obviously, Dale Murphy meant the world to all of us as Amen. as young kids. I mean, he was absolutely our hero, and I don't know that we would have been as in love with the Atlanta Braves at that time were it not for Dale Murphy. I probably can't even imagine an Atlanta Braves without Dale Murphy in that era, so no no reason to even try. But at any rate, Joel Key, who is deceased actually, but he told me when years ago we were hanging out one day, we were talking, we were reminiscing about our time spent at Fulton County Stadium. He said, man, we went one time, me and a group of my friends and our dads dropped us off 
which is unbelievable now. But, you know, they were 12 years old. They go to the game. I think their dads went and had some drinks somewhere. <laughs> anyway, he said we were sitting right above the Braves dugout, just like a few seats back. And he said, we, you know, we got hot dogs and popcorn and Cokes, and we're just being rowdy and, you know, we're unsupervised and we're being wild <laughs> and, we're, and they were cussing. They all, you know, and they're just 11, 12-year-old kids just cussing, cussing, cussing. And he said, we're laughing and having a good time. And he said, Dale Murphy walked out of the dugout and pointed his finger at us and said, I don't want to hear any more of that language, young fellas. Wow. Cut it out. And he said he was pointing at him, and he said, man, his finger looked like it was like a foot long. And they all just instantly hushed, you know, right. and didn't say another word. They totally got called out by, by Dale Murphy. They one of the, done got one told of the, by Dale Murphy. The, one of the greatest of all time, a guy that belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I'm sure you and Scott have talked about that many times. You know, Scott had those great Dale Murphy for Hall of Fame, you know, election-style T-shirts because he gave me one too. Yeah. And, and it's so true, man. And that is such a great story about Dale Murphy because it's so so Dale Murphy's personality. Like, he's a great salt-of-the-earth man. He's a very faithful man, very good family man. That That's no surprise to me that that story is something that actually happened. Right. I just look back on it with such fondness. The way that Dale Murphy carried himself, you know, even, you know, watching games on the Superstation or going to yeah. the field, he was already so revered by kids like me. And it would be a reason to want to go play baseball. Right. Um, he was the reason. I just can't overstate the importance of Dale Murphy uh, as not only an Atlanta Brave, but just a professional baseball player. He was a hero. You know, and then that story speaks to his character, too. I mean, that's one of my biggest complaints with him not being in the Hall of Fame, which is ludicrous. But, you know, Dale Murphy, his character should count for something. I mean, if character is going to count against guys for juicing, then character should count for guys who played the game the right way. And I think Dale Murphy definitely did that. Right. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a terrific man. There's no doubt about it. He's one that, uh, like you said, man, watching it on TBS, you know, it, even people all over the country, because TBS was such a you know a nationwide station. That's why they, they called him America's team for so many years. And 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 I'm sure right. you've seen it being you know being on the road. People in California, people in Colorado, people in the Midwest, they're all Braves fans because that's what they had to watch. Either they didn't have a team in the region or their area, but they always had the Braves on TBS. That's right. Uh, last year, I had a run of picks made, guitar picks, that only only for myself um, to play on stage. And they're little uh, little cream colored picks with a three on one side and an old school A on the other side. That's awesome, man. That's where it's at right there. Let's start talking about uh, some more of the music that you guys have been so incredibly successful at. And, man, you guys are one of the, I think you're probably the most, or at least one of the top two or three most legendary Southern rock bands, current Southern rock bands. And so many people that are huge fans of that music and that style of music, and I certainly am one of them. A buddy of mine, his name is Rick Young. Now, the only thing about Rick is he's a Florida fan, so that's that's a that's a strike against him. But you know what? We're 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 gonna let that slide this time. I will tell okay. you that his daughter goes to Auburn, so that should that should help some. Rick, he, good. Yes, as a huge fan of Blackberry Smoke, he asked me to ask you. He's like, if you could jam with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my goodness, um, I don't know if I could just choose one. Mercy. Um, well, I mean, I, well, I guess give me a Dwayne few Allman then. Yeah, because Dwayne Allman, he'd be in the top three, at least, if not the top, and him being a guitar player too. So that's, but man, um, 
Lowell George from Little Feet. Hank Sr. Oh, my gosh, that? yes. Heck, yeah, man. Dude, this is because I've worked country radio for 20 years now, man. Hank Williams, yes, sir. Yeah. You got my vote yeah. on that. But it's funny. Rick, He after he texted me that question, he said my guess would be Greg Allman or Dwayne. One thing about that question, Charlie, is I've seen you out there on the road play with a lot of your heroes already. It's kind of like you played with the guys from ZZ Top. You, you played with Greg Allman. It's like what, what else is left out there? You know, I I told my wife Christine not long ago when I when I stand back far enough to look at the last twenty years, it, it, I'm very blessed. It does get a little surreal to think that we I got to make music with Greg Allman and Billy Gibbons and Bob Weir from The Grateful Dead and George Jones for crying out loud. Oh my loud. gosh, yeah. Um, it's just I can, I can barely believe it. Sometimes it's a little it's a little large to you know to take in. But um, yeah, I mean I just don't. Uh, I don't know if I could pick one. That's yeah. understandable. Dude, it, I totally get it. What do you listen to? Because I know at my house, my wife and I, we don't turn on the TV unless it's the Braves or you know, or a college football game. We really don't. I, like our go-to show is probably Jeopardy, and I know that's really, really boring, but that's the, <laughs> the one that we enjoy the most, and we just sit there and answer questions until it's time to go to bed. You know, and that's right. Yeah. So, so if you're going to kick back like we do at our house and we turn on music, what are you turning on? It really just depends on the mood. I went through a through a really uh, deep REM phase. We're on that now. Ago. We're on that one yeah. now. It's so funny you say that. Yeah. We always say, Alexa, play REM radio. What's your top three yeah. REM songs, Charlie Starr? Well, that's almost an impossible one, too. Right. Um, my favorite REM record is Fables of the Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I mean, there are songs that transcend even just that album. I, I really, uh, and not even the obvious ones, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like from album to album, I really love Drive. Oh, me too. That song. When I hear that song, I, it's one that I definitely am not going to turn it off, mm-hmm. you know. And when mm-hmm. it starts, I'm like, well, I'm in this for this whole five minutes. Yes, right. <laughs> um, uh, Radio for Europe, oh, I yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Um, Drive Rate, I mean, wow. gosh. What it's a great just, song. It's endless. Have you been able to spend time with the, the guys from REM at all? Well, uh, I have. Um, I've not met Michael Stipe, but I found myself a few years ago in Austin, Texas, and uh, we went to the Continental Club, which is a, a really legendary music club in Austin, and Driving and Crying was playing. And we went down to hang out with Driving and Crying guys, and Mike Mills and Peter Buck were there, and... Kevin Kenny, the singer for Driving Crying, came over and said, hey, do you want to get up and do a song with us? And I said, sure. And so I got up, and it was uh, not only me with them, but half of R.E.M., Peter Buck and Mike Mills. And I I just looked around and thought, this is crazy. It's Driving Crying, half of R.E.M., and myself. It was pretty pretty surreal. That was an amazing night. And as I recall, I think uh, Alejandro Escovedo also got up there with you that night. He he surely did. And Cheetah Chrome from The Dead Boys. Man. It was... uh, it was a <laughs> it was a crazy gathering. What a moment in time, Charlie. And I got to ask you, now that you've been doing this for 20 years with Blackberry Smoke, are some of the youngsters coming to you wanting to play with you? Do you have who's some new folks that we should know about, the new musicians or guitar players, singers that that you're letting sit in with you guys? Man, there are. There I have favorites. There's a band from Nashville called Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown who are a great great rock and roll band. Um they have a real ringer on the guitar too. It's uh, Brad Whitford from Aerosmith's son Graham, oh, wow. 
and uh, he's fantastic. The whole band, they're just great. And Nick Perry, great guitar player. He's uh, from Philadelphia. Oh, gosh, who else? I'm on the spot. J.D. Simo, oh, he's fantastic, too. J.D., he's like an old blues man uh, trapped in a young man's body. I love it. So love many. It. There's so so much talent, so much, so much good rock and roll, you know? Yeah, it's funny, Charlie, because... If you look at country where it is right now, at least the, you know, some of the current country, commercial country, whatever you call it, it kind of reminds me of Southern rock. It's kind of, and you, I feel like you guys, bands like Blackberry Smoke kind of pushed country in that direction to have more guitar and more, uh, you know, like, like a Jason Aldean who plays some pretty heavy guitar that wasn't in country in the last you know 20 years or so. And I think Blackberry Smoke is part of that transition for country music. You know, maybe so. I noticed that in the last 20 years or so that it could be a generational thing. Be that, And I heard, um, I forget which country artist I heard being interviewed that mentioned uh, that, hey, not only did I love, you know, Hank Williams Jr. and Waylon Jennings, but I listened to Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin also. And I thought, okay, that's where this is coming from, yeah. too. It's uh, uh, the younger generation that was lit, that was exposed to more. Right. Whereas, you know, um, George Jones would not have probably been a fan of the Beatles. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but, I do. He, he, so I don't know. I think it's just the time. But if we had anything to do with it, I'll, that's great. <laughs> just working country radio for the last 20 years, man, I, I really do believe that. I think your band is part of that. And another guy that I would love to get your opinion on is Eric Church, because he oftentimes talks about Bob Seger and being influenced by Bob Seger as much as he was George Jones and George Strait. Yeah, he, Eric is great. He he took us on the road a um, handful of years ago and was absolutely fantastic to our band. And uh, he would... Uh, spend time with me just hanging around talking music and i and i came to know pretty early on in the tour that hey this dude really loves music he's mm -hmm. not just in it to you know for fame and fortune he really loves the good stuff we were on the road with him when Levon Helm from the band died, and uh, he had his band learn a band song that night and did it. I think it was Ophelia, and the audience didn't really know what was going on, but we loved it. Yeah. <laughs> we were over on the side of the stage weeping. And Charlie, I agree, and I know you travel with a lot of guitars. Uh, when I was out with you all, you were up to two vaults. How many guitars are you traveling with these days? Uh, well, it varies. It's just, uh, it really depends on... Uh, which one has come into the fold <laughs> but normally uh, i try to keep it around eight or ten um which i know to some people seems ridiculous but i love them so much and they're tools and they all they're like they all have a fingerprint you know mm -hmm. or they're like snowflakes they're all different and they all i love the way they sound and the way they feel all i love vintage guitar old guitars they all have a story in them and it's like they have ghosts in them, you know. Can you reel off some of the guitars that you have for our listeners out there? We got some guitar fans in the audience. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. I like uh, mid to late 50s Les Paul Juniors. Um, when I was a young man, they were not very expensive. I, you could get them for five or $600, and now you're talking eight to 10000 which is insanity, but that's the name of the game uh, or the nature of the game. Uh, and Fender Esquires, single pickup Telecasters, uh, Gibson 335s. And I recently picked up a 1964 335, which Eric Clapton made that guitar really, really, really desirable when he was in cream he made everybody want one and now so now you got to have one that's just the way it is so i told my wife babe it's just the way it is got to have it (laughs) that's right i love it and you know your guitar tech doc man he's one of the best in the business keeping them all in line oh he loves it and he keeps them in tip-top shape and and uh, i i think that he loves them as much as i do you know, one thing that we wanted to ask you about today is a song that's from one of your older records called One Horse Town. You know, it has a baseball element to that story. Can you tell the folks how you came up with that and what that's about? Kind of walk us through that song. Yeah. Um, thank you, man. Um, that song, it really is, a you know, the story of a guy who's trapped in or feels like he's trapped in his, you know, small town situation because that's what everybody sort of expects him to do, you know, get married right out of high school and take over doing what his dad did for a living. If it's a, you know, his business or whatever type of job he did, which is sort of autobiographical, uh, for me. But I remember when I was a young man, uh, my ex-wife's family had two young kids in the family that were really baseball phenoms and one of them now plays for the white Sox. his name is matt foster um he's a pitcher wow but i remember watching that happen and them being groomed you know to be baseball players in a serious way not just hey matt's gonna play baseball this year not i mean like i know what he's gonna do look at that kid he's got an arm already at eight years old and i thought that is so cool because that will be his ticket out of here and he won't wind up working in this cotton mill for the rest of his life life like my grandfather did yeah. you know and yeah. never never get getting to experience that there are other things going on in the world besides a cotton mill and three gas stations <laughs> man i gotta tell you you telling that story right there just gave me cold chills because i grew up in dalton georgia and they ain't nothing yeah. up there but carpet mills and I remember telling my dad, I was like, Dad, and, and, and today's my 20th anniversary. He died actually two years ago on my 18th anniversary. And so my wife handled it so well. She's like, now we got two things to celebrate, a great life and a, and a wonderful marriage. So she's, she's my rock. But I say all that to say this is that I remember telling my dad I was going to move and leave Dalton, Georgia. I was like, Dad, I can't work in the carpet mills. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's the only thing he and his dad and his dad's dad had ever done. And he said, well, son, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, Dad, but it ain't going to be this. And um, right. and, I, and I left and joined the Navy. Oh, yeah. And there you go. That's it, one way. It changed the course of my life. I met my wife while I was in the Navy. I met so many people working in the broadcast industry, and all because I made that one decision that you wrote a song about. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, my dad, I think that he's been to, he was in Vietnam from 67 into 68. God bless him. I think he's been to Alabama and, maybe, and Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> and then 
and then Sydney, Australia, Los Angeles, and Vietnam. I think those are that's his travels. Yeah. Um, and then he he was one that went right back to home and said, no, this is my place. This is what I do. It's just a different mindset, I think, these days, you know, because there's more opportunity for more people and you don't have to fall in that trap. Some people still do, but you don't have to anymore. I didn't want to make it heavy, but that when you were telling that story, it just gave me cold chills because I was like, oh, my gosh, that's my life that he just talked about. Oh, thank you, man. I, um, I love that song. I, I'm, I'm very proud of it, and, and, and I probably will never tire of, of performing it, you know. Um, it's uh, it's done good, done done well for us. I remember when the audience started singing that song back to you, and you came off stage and you were just blown away. It was one of those songs that really caught on fire with everybody. And I don't think you can play a show now without playing it. No, I, I don't think I would attempt to at this point. Um, but you know, I I don't. It's it's an honest song. You know, it's not a. I don't think there's a word of untruth in it. Before we get to uh, something that I think you're a big fan of, which is movies, and we'll get to we'll get to that in just a second. It kind of reminds me of why people connected to Travis Tritt a long time ago with "I'm Gonna Be Somebody." Do you remember that song? I do. Yes, brilliant song. Yeah, it, it had that same kind of thing where guy was like, "I'm I'm struggling, I'm struggling, but I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna I'm gonna make something of myself and I'm gonna be somebody." And that was a huge hit back in the '90s for Travis Tritt. And right, you know, it, but it's that same kind of thought process. It comes from from the same part of your heart and soul, you know, when, when you say, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make something of myself. And you, you've certainly done that. Well, thanks, man. Uh, Scott knows that we used to, for fun, sit around and what did we do? We'd sing Travis Tritt songs. <laughs> Heck, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's a good day there. Get you a little sip of whiskey and sing, sing some Travis Tritt songs. Count me in. Better. Yeah, Charlie was warming up to sing, and the rest of us were just having a good time. (laughs) That's right. Right. No, I got it. That's awesome. Dude, so Scott tells me you're a big movie buff. Is that correct? That is correct. So is there a movie quote that you always go back to, something from Major League or Field of Dreams or a movie like that? Well, I love Field of Dreams and have, uh, you know, so many of those movies um, we can just quote verbatim, you know, but – Man, Field of Dreams is full of them. I love the, uh, you know, when he's, when Ray Kinsella is uh, first meeting Shoeless Joe Jackson and they're, mm-hmm. I think they're throwing, I think they're tossing the ball around. Oh, no. He says, uh, oh, Ray says, uh, don't we need a catcher? And Shoeless Joe says, not if you, not if you get it near the plate, we don't. <laughs> That's right. Because I'm going to drive it out of Dodge. That's right. And, um, uh also uh I love when when uh when Ray takes Terrence Mann to the ball to the ball game. I think are they in Chicago? And uh, so. he says he says, What do you want to Terrence Mann? He says, I want people to leave me alone. I want people to stop coming me to me for the answers. I'm not the person who knows how to lead this generation into blah blah blah. And he goes, No, what do you want? And he points to the concession guy and he goes, Oh, dog and a beer. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Oh, man. Keep it simple. What a great movie, man. It is so good. And then Major League is one of my favorites, and that's one that you can pull quote after quote. Bartender Joe Boo needs a refill. F you, Joe uh-huh. Boo. I do it myself. And when, when uh, Wesley Snipes' character, you know, he's not been invited to camp with the Cleveland Indians, and so the security guards come and take his bunk outside, and he wakes up to the yeah. gunfire, and they're all racing, and he's like, shit, I've been cut already? Yeah. <laughs> so brilliant. i tell you what. Another one is Bull Durham. Yes. We've 
gotten lots of mileage out of that one too. And one of my favorite is is uh, stop holding the ball so hard. It's an egg. Hold it like an egg. Right. Got to respect that stop baseball. Trying to strike everybody out. That's right. So good, man. Baseball is so. As much as I love college football, there's just something magical and American about baseball. There's just nothing better. I'll tell you one quote I love from that Field of Dreams is when Terrence Mann goes into that speech, that soliloquy in the middle of the movie where he says that baseball is the one constant in America. And, guys, the Braves are opening up at 100%. Isn't that right, Tom? Yeah, May 7th. And it's just going to show you right there that baseball is the one constant in America, and it's time to get back to rock concerts and, and baseball games, especially right here in Braves country. What do you think, Charlie? I think that's exactly right. I was just thinking about that exact quote. That's the awesome. The one constant is baseball. Yeah, it is so true, man. There's just something very magical magical about it and and my son's uh 16 and plays a pretty competitive baseball and most likely will go to college playing baseball will he go past that who knows but you know that's his dream and i never tell him anything but you go do it man go do it whatever you want to do go do it whatever that is but the 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 braves you know they've they've struggled a little bit in the beginning of the season charlie i don't know if you've had you know been able to how much you've been able to watch i know it's sometimes it's tough to find you know because of the the deals with sports south and and that sort of thing but i don't know if you heard about this dansby he decided he wanted to to clear the air, and he took some sage out into the outfield. He took it into uh, manager Brian Snitker's office. He took it into the dugout, and he was burning sage. He went out to the, he covered that bullpen, too. Yes, that's right. He covered that's the bullpen, right. too, where they've been struggling, man. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing, and it's so baseball. It was such a baseball thing to do with, you know, just people having those superstitions. Did you see it? I, I, I heard about it. I didn't see it. I have to, to your point, I have been catching a lot of games. Um, not everyone, but I, we've been out on the road for about 10 days, and I, I have caught several. And I'm glad he did that because I think it worked. Yeah, man, they've won the last two games after doing it. That's you, right. You know, smudging really does change the vibe and get things a little purified and a little bit different. It changes things up a little bit. And I know you all burn incense and, and sage on stage. Uh, what's that all about, Charlie? For that Charlie? reason. That's to ward off all the uh, incorrect notes, all the bad, uh, the bad notes. <laughs> love it, I love it. Dancy's doing it, trying to ward off bad pitches, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you know, and, and strikeouts. And you guys are trying to get rid of bad notes. I love it, dude. Yeah. That is the that's magical. Smudging, smudging the clams away. That's what we do. I tell it. you what, though, uh, I don't know if there are really any wrong notes. And Kevin Kenny once told me, if you ever play a wrong note, just do it twice, and everybody will think you meant to. <laughs> That's right. Do it twice and smile. <laughs> do do it yeah. with confidence. Hey, last thing, last thought, because we're going to let you go, and we appreciate your time talking to Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke, legendary Southern rock band. Give us your favorite barbecue joints or your favorite hole-in-the-wall places to eat on the road. In the south. in the Specifically in the southeast. Okay. Um, we'll start with H&H in Macon, Georgia. Okay. All right, H&H. Um, the H&H is... is uh, that's a rock and roll place because, uh, you know, the story is that Mama Louise used to feed the Almond Brothers when they didn't have any money mm-hmm. back back in the late 60s. And uh, she let them run a, an open tab. And uh, it's still there and it's still great. Um, there's a great place in Athens, Georgia called Homemade. It's a tiny little uh, – it, and it's not necessarily country cooking. It's this, it's this girl's uh, modern take on it, but it's brilliant. Um, there's a place up in Dillard, Georgia called the Dillard House. Oh, the Dillard House. Yes, sir. Headed up like toward Clayton. That's right. I was just up there about three weeks ago, myself, my wife, a couple of friends and their kids, and we went in and hurt ourselves. (laughs) And it's the deal that 
There's no menu. You walk in and sit at a table, and they just start bringing food like grandmama would do. And you don't get to choose. They just bring you, okay, here's what's for supper tonight. And it's fried chicken and chicken livers and butter beans and cornbread yes, and squash and cabbage. And so that place will hurt you, too. I really love Magnolia in Charleston, South okay. Carolina. All right. That's a good one. We have this thing that Scott knows about the being a traveling rock and roll band, especially a southern band. You get you get barbecue way more than you want it. <laughs> so we started being like, okay, let's be choosy. We can't eat barbecue every day if we want to be live for twenty more years. <laughs> want to um, live? But I do love barbecue, Me too. and I specifically love Carolina barbecue because I like the vinegary. Me too. Kind of stuff. Oh, dude, we're like and brothers from a different mother, man. That's right. And Clyde Cooper's Barbecue in Raleigh, North Carolina is hands down the best Carolina barbecue I have ever had. Well, you went and did it now, Charlie, because, you know, fans and folks and promoters, they're going to be bringing you barbecue every night now, whether you like it or not. Well... Well, that's what you know very well, Scott, that we were like, okay, no barbecue, just just so you know. No yeah, I had to tour the world defending you from barbecue in Italy and stuff. <laughs> yeah, if you want to find out what barbecue does not taste like, order it in Italy. Yeah, right. <laughs> or what it shouldn't taste like. That's yeah. exactly right. Let's just send this back. Man, that's a great list. Thank you so much for sharing those, man. What's something that you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't? I want to tell you what my three favorite Atlanta Braves are. Let's go. All right. Okay. From number number one to three is Hank Aaron. Yep. Dale Murphy and Chipper Jones. Yeah. Easy. Charlie Starr, give us the reasons why. Go through them all. Tell us why. Well, here's something that I didn't know an, about Hank. Well, uh, obviously we know, uh, you know, his home run king status, sure. but I did not know that Hank Aaron is the Braves' leading base dealer. Wow. I don't think I knew that either. I was just reading about him not long ago and was like, well, I'll be damned. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know that he was leading with stolen bases. Two other things um, about Hank Aaron that you might find interesting is that if you take all of his home runs away, he still had over 3,000 hits, which is an incredible feat. And that's right. current manager, Brian Snitker, when his baseball playing career came to an end, he never made it to the big leagues. He was a, a minor leaguer. Hank Aaron gave him a job, and he's worked for the Braves for 40-plus years now and now is the man, the manager of the Atlanta Braves, but it all started with a generosity of Hank Aaron. Wow. See there? So that's why he's number one. All those Absolutely. great things. Uh, Murph is, you know, we've, we've covered that. He's Murph. So yeah. um, he's just, for, for my generation, he was the absolute uh, king. And then I kind of look at Chipper, which I'm, this is probably goes without saying, but I think he was, for the next generation, what Murph was. That's right. For guys my age. Yeah. Chipper was, was the that, uh, that same sort of deified player you know that that lived up to it yeah lived up to the hype three great players three great reasons why it's it's been so much fun talking to you man and i'm glad that you uh decided to take the time to uh to chat with us and 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 talk to everybody in braves country because it's such a large and vast area that covers you know north florida and south carolina and north carolina and southern virginia and arkansas and tennessee and alabama and gosh all the way down to louisiana i mean it's a big big network of people and we all love college football we all love good food and we all love the atlanta braves so we appreciate you taking the time to join us here part of that before we get off here i would like to at some point because we broadcast here at the studios of uh dickie broadcasting which is here at the battery atlanta at trist park we can look out the windows and see the stadium one day when you have time and you're comfortable man we want to get you in here and uh, play a song or two on a old guitar 
Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. Hey, Charlie, I just wanted to say congratulations to you and the entire band on 20 years of amazing Blackberry Smoke music and memories, my friend. Hey, thank you very much, Scott. Thank you so much. Buddy, continued success. God bless you, and uh, y'all have a great day. Talk to you again soon. Y'all too, man. Thank you for having me. See you, bud. Go Braves. There you go. Bye-bye. That's right. Go Braves. Charlie Starr, Blackberry Smoke here on Braves Country. What an entertaining guy. What a nice dude. You think about rock stars, and sometimes you think, arrogant overpaid or whatever whatever some of those things and, and look there are those people that are like that i don't know about that i've never heard of such a thing i <laughs> know right being on the road with yeah, a lot yeah. of them you probably never experienced. i can't confirm or deny yeah. never experienced anything quite like that before but charlie is is the exact opposite of that charlie star is salt of the earth he's a great man great musician great player but really just a good guy and a great southern man and you know what um i could talk for hours with him about music and baseball. In fact, I have spent about five years on the road with Blackberry Smoke. Man, he just has an extensive knowledge of all that stuff, and and really, he's a walking encyclopedia when it comes to music. And he loves baseball. I mean, we'd we'd make sure that game was on in the bus, and uh, and we'd always keep up with the Bravos. And it was something that we all could rally around together. And in fact, we would stop the bus sometimes, and uh, when we need a little exercise, and just play wiffle ball on the side of the road. And you ought to see Charlie Starr's Dale Murphy batting stance. Boy, he's he got do, it down? Yeah, he's got it down, man. He can do it. I love it. Good folks, good music. Make sure you check out their new record. It's out on May 28th, You Hear Georgia. You can pre-order it now if you'd like at blackberrysmoke.com. Check out all their music, especially One Horse Town. That's the one that gives me cold chills great when song. I think of a great it's song. A great song. But there's so many Blackberry Smoke songs that are incredible. If you love good southern rock music, you'll love Blackberry Smoke. And if you're already a fan, I don't got to tell you that. That'll do it for this episode of Braves Country. My name is Tug Cowart, along with Scott Munn. It's easy to find us at Braves Country Podcast. You can find us at Braves Country on Twitter. You can find me at Tug Cowart, T-U-G-C-O-W-A-R-T, across all the social media platforms. And you can find Scott. He runs the Thanks Bobby page on Facebook. You can find him there. You can also find him on Facebook and Twitter at Scott Munn 755 Subscribe and like this podcast. Please uh, give us a rating if you like it. But we wish you would share it for us, too. If anybody else would like just talking about being Southern and good music, good food, and the Atlanta Braves, then this is the podcast for them. It's called Braves Country. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.